We're going to read this morning from Ezekiel 47, verses 1 to 12. If you've got a Bible or an iPad or a phone, can you follow it? Because these are significant words as we come to the ministry of his word. Every time we open a Bible, God speaks. Verse 1. The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple. And I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east. For the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me round the outside to the outer gate facing east. And the water was trickling from the south side. As the man went eastward, With a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits. That's something over 500 meters. And then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river I couldn't cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, that's the Jordan Valley, where it enters the deep, the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from Engedi to Engleim, there will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. But the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit 
because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Father, we bless you and praise you for your word. Lord, there are bits, lots of places where we don't understand. But we come to you empty-handed, but alive in your hand. And we praise you for the impact of your Holy Spirit. You breathe on the word and bring the truth to sight. And Father, I want to pray for an extraordinary falling of your Holy Spirit on Jim this morning. That he will, decla- he will be able to declare all the riches of your word to us this morning. And I pray also, Father, for us, us who hear in the, in the house and those who hear online, that you'll take us empty-handed and fill us again with your Holy Spirit. Will you come and fill this place, Lord, with your glory? We need a visitation from you. We need a touch from you in our hearts, our hands, and our lives. Will you touch us now? And God bless Jim as he brings you word. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Trev. Good morning. Um, I'm going to say Happy New Year. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> uh, just broken that rule. Happy New Year, everyone. And uh, I just want to say as well, if you're, if you're new to the church today or you've been with us for a couple of weeks, it's so great to see you. And uh, please make sure that you make um, yourself known to us. We've got a little stand out the front. Uh, so just write your details down. So we'd love to get to know you, how you feel a little bit more involved with the church here as well. Uh, my name's Jim, one of the leaders here at the church. And... Um, it's a real privilege to be able to speak to you this morning on Motto Tech Sunday. If you were here last week, we had a communion service with Bev, and it was amazing, wasn't it? Her word was fantastic last week, so please check that out on our YouTube channel. Um, but today is our Motto Tech Sunday. It's a chance really for us to look back at last year. So for those of you that um, perhaps are new to us and don't know what happened last year, it's been a bit, bit of a crazy year. I'm not one of those people that usually says you know, good riddance to a particular year, but I felt like 2021 tried to outdo 2020. <laughs> Do you feel like that? It seemed to go right, you know, hold my coat, I got this 2021. It was absolutely, yeah, it was a difficult year for us both, I think personally, and I was walking with and talking with a lot of people, there was a lot of struggles for people last year uh, in their own lives, but also for us as a church. Um, and I want to recap some things last year, I hope it's okay, as we look back and then we can look forward into this this year. We started last year with um, our motto text. Do you remember this one? This one? Philippians 3 verse 14. To press on towards the goal to win the prize. Yeah? Do you remember that? And I think um, when Paul was talking about that from Philippians, it was this kind of athlete that was training and straining towards that, that prize in Christ, that everlasting life in him, that eternity with him. And um, last year was a, was a season of, of training of great training, but also of, of real strain at times, wasn't it, church? Yeah? 
If you're new to us, then you're going to be in the picture by the end of this service today. There's some amazing training opportunities. We kicked off with a, a, a sermon series called uh, Unashamed. Do you remember that? Excellent. This is all online, so if you haven't been with us online, then you're going to be missing this. Uh, unashamed, looking at the book of Romans and discipleship, what it means to be an unashamed uh, follower of Jesus Christ as we unpack some key concepts of discipleship comes from a servant heart, that following Jesus costs us, it costs us to follow Jesus, that this life of following Jesus is a, is a, is a journey, is a lifelong journey of transformation. Many other topics we covered in that as well, so please check that out on our YouTube channel. Uh, we also... Then had Ian Coffey, the vice principal of uh, Moorlands. Do you remember that? The Pressing On series. He looked at Philippians and unpacked those four Ps uh, in Philippians. So pressure, the pressure of following Jesus, partnership that we're called to do this together. Uh, possessions as well, that we should be grateful for what we have. Uh, and that are we generous with what we have? And also that passion. How do we continue to kindle or perhaps rekindle that passion for Jesus Christ as well? And then we had a rebuilding uh, series from the book of Nehemiah. Do you remember that one? Yeah? It was uh, as church began to kind of open its doors again and we came back into the building. We were looking at the parallels between uh, Nehemiah rebuilding in the temple, but also what is this place going to be like? Authentic community, genuine community. And so we tried to unpack some of the learning lessons from that as well. Again, check it out online uh, if you've not had a chance. But also, it was a tough year, wasn't it? For us as a church, it was a tough year for us as individuals, like I said, and Andy alluded to this, it's been hard for many people in lots of different ways, both personally and collectively here. We had some real moments of straining, of real moments of pain and tough um, situations. Mark, our senior minister here for 18 years, left last year, and that rocked the church, uh, and it continues to rock the church, uh, and we had, Keith was with us for um, just a short time, and we had all these interim plans and thoughts that after with Mark going, it's perhaps this is something that we can lean into for a while. And then sadly, Keith had to resign as well. Um, and it left us flawed, didn't it? Let's be honest. It left me flawed. <laughs> um, and it left us wondering what God's doing and what's happening next. And that is still stuff that we're working through as a church. Uh, if you're joining us <laughs> right now, you've come for a reason. Wherever this chapter is, this next chapter that we're being called to, then you're here for a reason, you're part of that. I genuinely believe that. Uh, but we want to be honest with you. Uh, but it didn't leave us alone, did it? I hope not. God is still the same God. He works for the good of those who love him, doesn't he? He is still the captain of this ship, is he not? Good. <laughs> and he looks like he looked to Peter in Scripture and he said, I'm going to build my church. He's going to build his church, but he looks to us. I'm going to build it on you. And as he's given us those gifts that we know about in Ephesians, he builds it through the gifts that he's given you. His grace has been poured out. His spirit has been poured out on you. So whatever comes next, I believe it will look very different to the previous chapter we've been in as a church. But it'll be much more reliant on us, on you out there. I'm excited by that, are you? As he builds the church, he's the cornerstone. We become the bricks that are part of his church. I'm excited by that. But it's been tough. It's been tough. And we went into that kind of season of abiding. We looked at John 15. We felt like as a church we've been cut back to the, to the vine uh, as the branches. Different things have been pruned off for whatever reason. And so we felt like it's the right thing for us from October last year through to really now. Um, that season of abiding. Of back to basics really. Back to basics. Being drawn back to the vine. And allowing Jesus to nourish us. We had the, the abide afternoon worship 
um, events. Some of you came. To, can I have a ha- raise of hands if you came to any of those? Brilliant. A lovely opportunity just, just to pray together, to worship together, uh, to seek the Lord in this season that we're in. Um, and it has been a season that's felt like we're at sea or all at sea. And we've just sort of dropped anchor and just stayed in one place. But what I love about it is as I look back over the last four months, God's grace has been incredible. Uh, there's been incredible life in this church still. Even though we've, we've been trying to sort of press the pause button a little bit. God has still been at work. I just want to go through a few things with you that we've seen. We've seen five people get baptized last year. Praise the Lord. It's amazing. We've got at least three people interested in, in our Easter baptisms as well, kind of this year. So if you're thinking of getting baptized, come and see me. We'd love to um, baptize you this year. We saw a couple of young people come to faith as well, which was amazing. We had over 50 people go to our youth retreat in October, including leaders. It was an amazing time led by Lewis and Annalise, who's now off in Canada on mission for six months. Uh, it's incredible. We had people cut up here preaching. Uh, Doug and James on those 10 talks. I thought Doug was amazing. So was James, wasn't he? To hear the voice of some people in our church that have been around for a while. Uh, we've had Verity, as you saw with our little group of merry men <laughs> this morning. She stepped into a children's role as Claire and the hub and everything for the local community to support and love for them has grown incredibly as well. God's been doing some incredible things in this church despite the circumstances and that kind of brings us up to speed I think uh, give or take a few things so what for the year to come what for this year to come we've been praying about it as a leadership team for a while Um, and I want to say that we're not quite out of that abide season I don't believe in fact it says you know that really that apart from Christ we can do nothing in his words so we want to continue to abide we want to encourage you to actively continue to abide because that's where the fruit will come as you as individuals continue to abide in him. But we, we are looking to this year. What is this year going to bring? Um, and so we began to pray about it and uh, ask the Lord, what is it you've got in store for us? Uh, we, have, we know that we need to get our heads around vision for the church and decisions that come with that as well. Uh, we have a leaders retreat in January. Uh, at the end of this month and uh, hopefully in our church members meeting in February we can start to communicate some of that but motto, this motto text really is giving us a, a basis for as we move forward in this year and so um, this theme kept cropping up the Ezekiel 47 theme that we've been that Trev read, up, read for us uh, we went to a learning communities conference that we Andy with Claire uh, in October November time and uh, have you heard of Mike Pilavacci? So Mike Pilavacci runs the Watford Church. He's been doing youth work, doing the big Soul Survivor youth um, camps for years and years. And I've taken youth there for years and years as well. Anyway, so this big keynote kind of speech on the first night, it's quite a, a posh thing as well. You get Mike Pilavacci who rocks up in like jogging bottoms and a hoodie, <laughs> just like looking a bit disheveled. And uh, I love him. He was amazing. So it was such an amazing opening talk. And I think everyone was just absolutely touched by the spirit. And he just said that in the UK churches right now, we're just in need to allow God to be in control of his church. And he mentioned about Ezekiel 47 and that we're in this Ezekiel 47 moment as, a, as the UK churches. So many churches are in the same boat that we're in. They are. Uh, I don't know if that encourages you or worries you, but I think God is doing something on a national scale, a national level. Uh, and it just something resonated with me and with us, didn't it? As a team, we, we chatted a little bit, we brought it back, prayed into it for a little while. Um, shared it at one of our Abide Afternoons, a devotion around Ezekiel 47, and then one of our church members' meetings as well. But we've also been chatting to a guy called Mal Caladine, who's preaching here in a couple of weeks' time. He's a leadership consultant, 
that we've been talking with as a leadership team and just asking him to help us and facilitate some discussion around the future of the church and everything. And as we began to explain to Mal about some of the incredible things God's been doing just in this season of Abide, of not overreaching, he was astounded. (laughs) He was genuinely astounded. And he was like, God's grace is being poured out on you still as a church. It's incredible. And then he said, and this is a bit of a clincher, he went, it's a bit of an Ezekiel 47 moment. (laughs) And we were like, what? That's crazy. That's crazy that of all those things, he's heard what's going on in the church here still. And he is falling in line with this kind of word that we're beginning to hear spoken over us. And so we were like, okay, there's going to be something in this Ezekiel 47 passage for us. And so we went away as elders, we prayed about it, we felt like the Spirit led us to that particular verse. So wherever the river flows, everything will live. And that's going to be our motto text that underpins who we are this year. Wherever the river flows, everything will live. And I went to Viv and Maggie. Viv's uh, been part of the church um, for years and years, and so is Maggie. I went to Viv and Maggie's on Friday night just to chat with Viv. And um, as I was explaining everything that's going on at the moment and all this sort of stuff, um, Viv went, it's like that character in, in the Old Testament, isn't it? The guy that gets into the water, it's his ankle deep and then knee. And I said, hang on, Viv. Did you watch last week? And he hasn't been able to watch any of the services because of um, his computer's broken. Is that right, Viv? Yeah, he's got it fixed now, by the way. Um, and uh, he didn't know that we were going to speak on Ezekiel 47 today. I went, are you joking? He went, no, it's Ezekiel. I was like, yes, yeah, about Ezekiel when he gets into the river and God's grace is just being kind of overcoming. For me, I was like, thank you, Lord. That's a, surely that's a God thing, right? <laughs> So I really feel like, we really feel like as leadership team this year, that this is going to be really important for us, this river, to understand what it means. But I want to give you some context. I thought Trevor was going to do it. Thanks, Trevor, for our Bible reading. You kept going about Ezekiel. It's brilliant. But Ezekiel, so many of us might, might not know the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel is around about 600 years before Christ. And what happens is the Babylonians come in and they uh, basically take loads of God's people and Ezekiel being one back to Babylon into exile and they haven't really destroyed the city as such or the temple but then in Babylon Ezekiel who is a priest becomes this kind of prophet and he has all these visions God gives him all these visions from this throne chariot about that there's going to be another ransack of Jerusalem it's going to be absolutely flattened the temple is going to be absolutely flattened as well because you've not been worshipping the right person you've not been worshipping me God is what God says to Ezekiel. You've been worshipping individuals. You've been worshipping power, money, idols, other things. And of course, as, as Ezekiel sort of says this to those that are in exile with him, they don't listen. Okay? And what happens is Ezekiel has another vision. And in this, the temple is destroyed. And God's presence leaves the temple. Which is a really sad and huge moment for God's people. His presence has been driven away by the people that have not been worshipping him. But then Ezekiel, the book, continues to grow. And there's some chapters of promise in, in uh, chapters 34 onwards. You see uh, the chapters of hope that talks about the God's people, the surrounding nations, and the future creation as well. And the regeneration of all that sort of stuff. And it starts with this, this line of David, this messianic ruler that will come. And then it talks about, I'm going to replace the cold, hard hearts of people with flesh, with new hearts. I'm going to breathe my spirit into your bones. You know the the valley of dry bones? That's in Ezekiel as well. It's a a lovely imagery from like the Garden of Eden when God takes us out of the dust and blows the spirit into us. It's like he's doing it again. 
It's like the new creation story. Of he's, he's taken our dry bones. We've been dead in the spirit. And he's, he's blowing life, his ruach, his Holy Spirit back into us again. He goes on to talk to Ezekiel about how he's going to defeat all evil and that God's presence will come back to the temple. But this new temple, there's new ways of doing things. There's new styles of worship. There's new priests. There's a new sacrifice. You with me? Good. And then the, eventually this throne chariot returns back to the temple. What a beautiful, beautiful way to finish the book. And this city is called The Lord is There. The Lord is There. But it doesn't finish there, which is what we just heard. There's one more vision. Trev read that for us. You would have forgiven him if he'd finished at that point. But it goes on to this last little vision. This is what we're unpacking today. And what I love about this passage, it purposely echoes Genesis 2. Right at the beginning. I love how the river kind of weaves throughout scripture. It's amazing. You see it in Genesis 2. When you have this perfect harmony of God and his people. And there's a river in the Garden of Eden. You see it in Psalms. The river's mentioned again. You see it in the prophet Joel. who says this speaks of a fountain which will flow out of the Lord's house. Zechariah speaks of living water which will flow from Jerusalem. And then in Revelation, the last book of the Bible, you see this river again. As the new Jerusalem emerges, so does this river that emerges from it. Now, why are rivers so significant? Why are they so significant? And I've got a reading from John 7 I want to read to you. It says this, this is Jesus. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said... Rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So when Jesus says this, he says this on the last night of the Feast of Tabernacles. So the Feast of Tabernacles, one of the rituals in that would be that the temple priests would get up with these golden flasks and they would go to the Pool of Siloam. If you know the Pool of Siloam, that's where Jesus heals a blind man. And they, he picks up this, they pick up this water, they go through the water gate in the temple and they go up to the altar and they pour this healing water on the altar. <laughs> that rhymes. <laughs> they pour this water onto the altar. It's a lovely image of Jesus' healing that we've received, isn't it? And so that Jesus knows what he's doing in this moment because thousands of people would have been there at this Feast of the Tabernacles and they would have gone, hang on, are you saying... That you are the fulfillment of that prophecy 600 years ago, Ezekiel 47. And it is. Jesus is saying that life that you read about in that passage we just read, where living waters, nourishment, provision, healing is met in him. Jesus becomes the temple. He becomes the temple and all the goodness that flows. We know we talked about that river. All the goodness that flows from him is what we've received. And there was a day, I hope... There was a day where we ourselves waded into the river. Yeah? I hope we... If you follow Jesus, then there was a day that that river flowed to you. That you stepped into the river. I was 14 and that first happened to me. And I was at my old church then. And there was an escapologist on the platform. And he had a straight jacket on. And he was talking about how sin binds us. And we can't have a relationship with God. A little bit like when God's presence were away from people in, in the early chapters of Ezekiel. If it's like that. Sin keeps us away from God. Ephesians puts it this way. We were once dead because of our transgressions, sorry, our disobedience towards God because of sin. In verse 8 in the passage, it says that it's referring to this Dead Sea. Now, I don't know much about the Dead Sea, but I do know that it's full of um, salt 
and it's got lots of minerals, so you can only really bob around on the surface. There isn't any life in there. There was a time where you and I were bobbing around on the Dead Sea, wasn't there? But the river of God's grace, from him, the temple, flowed to us, and we receive goodness, and we receive forgiveness, and his love, and his healing, and his purpose, because wherever the river flows, life will be, and that's us, isn't it? We are testament to the river, that grace river that we've waded into ourselves. Now, we live this side of the cross. We live this side of the cross. So Jesus ascends in Acts, and he leaves us with the Holy Spirit. Yeah? So suddenly, this picture in Ezekiel 47 becomes a picture of Pentecost. Because our bodies house the presence of God. We have the Holy Spirit in us. Are you with me? Good. I need some, I need some encouragement. <laughs> So we have the Holy Spirit living in us. So this river now flows within us. Yeah? The river flowed to us. It now flows through us. And it establishes new fruit. It transforms us. It brings us healing. It directs our past. That river is given to us so that we can know Jesus more and more intimately. So we can have a relationship with him more intimately. Do you remember the first time that you um, went swimming? If those of you can swim... I've used this before. And you get into the, towards the deep end, and um, you have that moment, don't you, where you can take a step deeper into the deep end, or you can take a step back. Yeah? And you see the, the deep end sign on the side, and for me that came a little bit earlier in the shallow end. <laughs> uh, but as you, you, can, you can go, right, I can either just trust now, and I can start to swim, or I'll sink, or I'll just go back to what I know. Now, I went gorge walking when I was about 20 in Scotland in October. That's a stupid time to do, <laughs> do that. It's freezing. But I remember the first part of it's quite easy because you can feel the floor. You're kind of walking through the stream and all this sort of stuff. And you get to this kind of bit where you drop into a deep water. And then you get onto the river part. And the river just takes you wherever it wants to take you. You can't feel the floor anymore. Your feet are off the bottom. Are you with me? Ezekiel would have felt that. It was ankle deep, it was knee deep, it was waist deep. And it got me thinking, how often do I allow myself to swim in the Holy Spirit? In the fullness of that river that flowed once to me and now flows through me. Am I prepared to take my feet off the bottom and allow the Holy Spirit to guide me, to lead me? Do I allow the Holy Spirit to flood into every aspect of my life? Or are there certain doors he can't get into? You'll notice that it wasn't until the river was swim deep that you saw incredible life. Yeah? When it was at its deepest, when Ezekiel would have had to have swum, he said he didn't, but he would have had to have swum, that's when he started to see these incredible things around him. Trees, fruit, provision, new life, healing. Every single month that was happening. It wasn't reliant on the seasons. That's incredible for me. It's an incredible picture as we begin to learn to take our feet off the bottom and allow the river of his Holy Spirit to fill us and to lead us every single day, collectively, but also as individuals. We will see those things. They're not seasonal. They're every day. They're every month we see those things. I'm excited for that. Do you want more of that spirit life in you? Well, you're led by the spirit, not led by your fears of taking a step back. And I get it. I understand it completely. So what does it look like for 2022 for you to take a step off the floor into his spirit more, to allow his spirit to lead you, to wade into the word of God a lot more, to wade into his presence a lot more, 
to specifically create time for you to not just pray, but to stay in that moment and allow the Spirit to talk to you? What does it look like for you to learn the voice? My sheep know my voice. Do you know the voice of your shepherd? Know it through scripture. Know it through spending time with him. I love worship. I love being immersed in worship. What does it look like for you to allow yourself this year possibly for the first time to go with it, to allow that worship to immerse you in his spirit, to give him access? I hope I don't come across too judgmental. Or do you like splashing around in the shallow end? (laughs) Do you like just dipping your toes in occasionally and just getting refreshment here and there? And I get it. I get it. To really allow the river to take you where it wants to take you is scary, right? It's much easier to do faith as we've always done it from 2021, 2020, 2019. But there's a new thing. There's a new thing that means that us as a church, we have to rely on God's leading. It feels way more comfortable back there in the shallow ends to do as we've always done, to go back to what we've always known. But that's not trust and that's not faith. That's management. That's management. That's trusting us and not trusting God and what he's doing. You can't control a river. It controls you. It controls you. And that's my prayer, my personal prayer for me this year, but also for you all as a church, is that we can learn to just get into the river and take our feet off the bottom and allow him to do whatever he's doing in this place and in your lives. Do you remember our motto text two years ago was from Isaiah 43 verse um, 18. It said, forget the former things. Please hear this right. The way you've done it up to this point. Don't dwell on the past. Look to the future, the new things. And what I love is that do you not perceive it? And Ezekiel, it says, son of man, do you not see it? (laughs) Do you not see it? You with me? Do you not perceive it? Do you not see it? Please hear that right. I'm not saying the former things are wrong. I'm just saying this is something new that God is doing. Do we not perceive it? God's not waiting around for us, just waiting for us to perceive it. It's already happening. You know, that, that stream in this passage started as a trickle, didn't it? And then it grew and it grew and it grew and it grew. It, whatever God's doing next in this church, it's already happening. It's already happening. He's not going to wait for us to all collectively go, okay, now we think it's happening. It's already happening. We see it in the hub, in the conversations with Verity. Whatever the future is going to look like, it's already happening. We need spiritual eyes to see it. In our own lives, but also in the life of this church as well. And that's my prayer for us as a leadership team, is that we have eyes to see it. And that you have eyes to see it in your life. Where is God taking you in your relationships, in your workplaces, in those conversations, in those decision moments? Is this the year that you decide just to go, oh, I'm all out for Jesus, so I'm just going to put myself on the line. I'm going to tell that person that has never known this about Jesus, about me, sorry, about Jesus. I'm going to make this tough decision. I'm going to take my feet off the bottom. I'm going to go with whatever he's got in store for me. My last observation. So the river flows to us, through us, and also from us. And from us as well. You notice it doesn't remain in the temple, does it? Yeah? What happens to water when it doesn't have a a flow? It goes stagnant. That is the word. Fantastic. It grows stagnant. Stagnant water hasn't got much, much oxygen in it at all. There's not much life in it. It's quite toxic. It's a bit smelly at times. If you ever left a bucket full of water? <laughs> it's horrible. You know, God's presence wasn't poured out for us, towards us, in us, for it to remain stagnant in us. 
There's a flow, right? It's designed to flow from us. You with me? God's presence is designed to flow from us, to bring life to other things, to other people. This isn't the greatest expression of our faith. If as a Christian you say, well, I go to church and I go to small group occasionally, this is, not, this is just 5% of what we do. The other stuff is the most important stuff. It's what flows from you. If your te- body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, can I ask you, what flows from you? What does flow from you? Does life flow from you? Does joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, self-control, does all that stuff flow from you? Forgiveness. We are called to live and love like Jesus, to serve as he served, to be sacrificial like he was sacrificial, to love God as he loved God. Do you bring life to others around you? That's my prayer for you this year, is that you begin to bring life to people around you. Are you an oasis, if you like? Where people can drink from you because you've already drunk from Jesus. This is why I love the hub. We don't know what the hub is. The hub is our community work, our community ministry here. But they experience the flow of grace, of God's goodness, of his spirit through people. And there's some amazing people, I think they're sat in the room today, who serve in the hub. And I know some of those stories. I know some of those stories. They have received Jesus themselves, they allow the Spirit to fill them to overflowing into the lives of other people. Because stagnant, it doesn't mean anything. It's not a selfish gift. Jesus isn't just for you, it's for the world. He's for the world. So what does it look like for us this year to do that, to be that? You are a hub and you've got your own dead seas that you operate in. You are a hub and you've got your own dead seas that you operate in that requires love to pour out of you into those areas. said a lot. <laughs> Have you, if you get a cup of salt water and a cup of fresh water and you pour it into the salt water, what happens? Does the, fresh water, does the salt water become fresh water? No. It just gets slightly less salty, doesn't it? Yeah? So, <laughs> Christ died so that we could become slightly less salty? Is that it? No. Did the river overcome the Dead Sea or did the Dead Sea overcome the river? The river overcomes the Dead Sea, right? So Christ didn't die so that we could be slightly nicer, (laughs) slightly better people. Christ died so that we are transformed. Life overcame death. It's our job to bring life into those dead places And these are people that we love and we know, don't get me wrong, and we're called to love, of course. But we all operate in areas that are dead seas. And we can either join in and bob around with them or we can bring life to them through the Spirit. Thank you, Peterson. (laughs) Through the Spirit. That's the calling on our lives. That's my prayer for us as a church this year. As we continue to understand ourselves personally, what his grace looks like. As we continue to invite the spirit to flow in us, through us, to overflowing into the lives of people around us. And that's us here as well. Let's not keep that water in us stagnant. Let's allow it to flow. Amen. (laughs) To finish, there is a day that God will restore everything. Right? I believe. He'll restore the whole world. There'll be a new earth and a new heaven. But you are part of the restoration project right now. You've been restored so that you can go out into the world to restore it. Um, as I was praying this morning, I was thinking about how to land this. Um, as you can see, it's not massively settled, but I've been allowing the Spirit to lead me in this one. Um, 
I feel like many of us are probably in that verse 11. I'm going to get it. Hang on. Where it talks about, but the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. I feel like maybe for some of us, we felt like we're in a swamp or a marsh for some time. We feel maybe like we're like the early parts of Ezekiel where God's presence seems to have left us. Now, I want to just encourage you, God doesn't forsake you. He never leaves you. He draws close to you. We draw close to him. He draws close to us. But perhaps this morning is a chance that the look, as we look at a brand new year, as we allow the river to flow, this is a chance for us to say to God, I want to be refreshed again by your spirit. I want to receive your spirit. I want to fresh, as it says in Ephesians 5.18, I want that ongoing pouring out of your spirit in my life. Because I want that river to flow through my life, to wash away things that perhaps are not of you. To fill me again to overflowing because I know that it's not been great recently for whatever reason. And you're stuck in the marshes and you're stuck in those boggy areas. And you just want to get another step deeper. Another step deeper, another step deeper for whatever God's got in store for you and for us as a church. So I'm going to invite, can I just invite the band up for a moment? I want us to pray and I want us just to wait. And the thing about waiting, it gets really awkward and I like filling space with words. (laughs) So we're going to wait for a couple of minutes. We're just going to invite the Holy Spirit, the river, to flow through us this morning. Is that okay, church? Now you might want to, at the start of this year, just say, do you know what, Lord's, it's going to be a different year. And I'm going to, if you're able, I'm going to ask you to stand, close your eyes, and just open your hands. Just as a sign of receiving again, perhaps, or receiving for the first time the freshness of his Holy Spirit. Um, and we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to move. And then we're going to go into a time of worship to finish. But this is our motto, Texas. Wherever the river flows, everything will live. My prayer, our prayer, is that we will allow the river to flow through us this year. We'll be taken by the river. We'll learn to take our feet off the bottom and that we'll bring that river of goodness, of life, of nourishment to all the world because the world needs it. And we start with our locality. Let's pray. If you want to stand, you can stand. If you can stand. Lord Jesus, we come before you at the beginning of a new year. We thank you that you you died for us. That you are the fulfillment of that prophecy in Ezekiel 47. That you are that river of grace, of forgiveness, of kindness, of goodness, of healing. Thank you that for many of us we understand that and we've experienced that. And we praise you once again. At the beginning of this new year, we look to you again and we come back to the basics of how incredible that is, that we've received that gift. And Lord, we thank you that you give us your Holy Spirit. Again, an incredible gift of the Holy Spirit, a deposit to say that we've said yes to you, Jesus. But at times we have felt like this is difficult. We're in the marshes, we're in the bogs, whatever it might be. And we just say with open hands, come Holy Spirit, flow through your building, this building, but more importantly, flow through us this morning. Just bring to mind those things that perhaps are dry, that perhaps are not of you, 
perhaps where we've become really comfortable ourselves, just bobbing around in the Dead Sea, where we've been called to bring life, we've, we've just become a little bit less salty. And that isn't the life you've called us to. We are sorry for that. Lord, we say we are sorry for that. But this is a new year, a new chance. So Holy Spirit, come. Bring confidence. For those of us unsure of our future, here maybe, or in our own lives, or whatever it is, Lord, I pray that you'll just bring your confidence, your guidance, your provision, your strength. Lord, I pray that we can collectively learn to take our feet off the bottom in what is already scary, but we go wherever you tell us to go. Because you've got a job for us, that missional call, that outreach call to go into the world, to show your love, to share your love through our words and through our actions. And Lord, I pray for people in this room today that know that this is the year that they need to have that conversation. They need to start being a bit more like that, Lord, to honor you in those places. Lord, I pray that again, Lord, that your river will flow to them, flow to your, those places. Wherever the river flows, everything will live. That is our cry, Lord. We want to be in the river, splashing around in the deep end. Come, Holy Spirit. We wait for you. Just in the silence now, we wait for you. Come and do what you want to do.